We begin with the presidential election. The DPP's Lai Qingde continued his motorcade tour on Thursday, passing through Xinzhu and Taoyuan. Lai had a warm reception from the local Hakka community, which is traditionally pro-KMT. He even had the support of a former KMT member and former Miaoli County Chief Xu Yaochang. She said he'll be happy to see Lai win and that the DPP had been good for Miaoli's development. Supporters hold up their arms as the convoy moves in. A woman carrying a child rushes forward for a high five. With less than 48 hours to election day, DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde headed to Xinzhu City with his motorcade. Supporters gave him a warm welcome. Then Lai headed north to Taoyuan, where supporters were just as enthusiastic. There was an eager turnout from the Hakka community. Former Miali County Commissioner Xu Yaochang, who left the KMT last year, had praise for the DPP. We in Miali owe the DPP a favor. After Su Zhenchang took over as premier, many major construction projects were started in Miali. He knew that we were facing financial difficulties. We went to ask for help and they said, OK, from now on, Miali won't have to match funds when the central government grants subsidies. Commissioner Xu's experience is proof that the DPP is not partisan when governing and that it strives to develop every city and county. In this election, five or six top DPP officials, including Lai Qingde, came to visit me, so I'd be happy to see them win. In contrast, nobody in the KMT asked me for help. There wasn't even a phone call. In the final moments before Saturday, the ex-Miali chief is rallying for the DPP, adding a new variable to the local election climate. With just days before vote, KMT presidential candidate Ho Yo Yi and his running mate took questions from foreign media at a press event. When asked if he would meet with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, if invited, he replied that he wouldn't touch the issue of unification during his term. Let's hear from him. If Xi Jinping invites you to Beijing for talks during your term, would you go? If the leaders on the two sides of the strait were to meet, that would require a consensus in Taiwanese society, as was the case at the Ma Xi summit. But I think that we're some distance away from such a meeting. Former President Ma had many positions, and some of those views are different from mine. During my term, I will not touch on the issue of unification. A journalist asked Ho how he would maintain peace across the strait. Ho replied that he would engage with China within the boundaries of the ROC constitution. Ho said he would continue current policies on U.S. arms purchases and indigenous submarine production. Former President Ma Ying-jeou says that cross-strait relations require trust in Xi Jinping. He made the remark to German media in an interview that aired Wednesday. Ma also said that a four-month military conscription period was enough because China was too powerful for Taiwan to counter by military means. The DPP denounced the remarks on Thursday and accused the KMT's presidential candidate of being Ma's puppet. So you think you can trust him? Uh, well, as far as cross relations, you have to. 
In an interview with the Deutsche Welle, former President Ma Ying-jeou said that a four-month conscription period was enough for Taiwan. He said that since China was much more powerful, Taiwan should not rely on its military to deter the CCP. He doesn't think that China would do anything to affect the outcome of the election. Ma Ying-jeou doesn't think that Xi Jinping is promoting unification. I think that is not just contrary to mainstream opinion, but also contrary to the world's understanding of China. At a press conference, the DPP's presidential campaign team blasted Ma for his remarks. It accused KMT presidential candidate Ho Yi of being Ma's puppet and the TPP's co-winger of lacking core values. The DPP says that both candidates would sell out Taiwan if elected. Ma Ying-jeou is the person who leads Ho Yi on cross-strait issues. I think that all of Ma's statements have exposed Ho's lies. Ho has always said that the KMT would boost Taiwan's defense capabilities and not have unrealistic expectations for China and so on. Ke Wenzhe isn't even aware of the need to defend Taiwan. He avoids talking about issues like foreign affairs and national defense. He's ignoring important issues and dwelling on trivial ones. Also on Thursday, former U.S. Deputy National Security Advisor to the Vice President Stephen Yates visited the DPP campaign headquarters with a delegation of journalists who are here for the election. Turning to the TPP. Its presidential candidate, Ke Wenzhe, continued his motorcade tour on Thursday, arriving back in Taipei. He was greeted by eager crowds on the street. But when he stopped to speak to the press, he faced sharp questions about a new campaign controversy. Days earlier, an independent media outlet had, pu- had published each presidential candidate's views on animal protection. Each candidate was asked how they would reconcile the conflict between animal rights and the indigenous tradition of hunting. The TPP's answer was to conduct educational outreach among indigenous groups to encourage change in their religious beliefs and hunting methods. The response sparked a backlash with critics denouncing it as disrespectful to indigenous cultures. During a street interview on Thursday, Ke distanced himself from the interview. He said the answers had been written by a member of his think tank, who submitted it to the media outlet without obtaining approval. All across Taiwan, election workers are getting ready for the vote on Saturday. In Taidong County, preparations have been a bit more complicated than usual. Due to inclement weather, ballots couldn't be shipped to Orchid Island until Thursday. Not only that, election staff faced the problem of the single voter ballot box, that is, the box that's set to see just one voter on election day, making that secret vote not so secret. Preparations are underway for Election Day, and ballots are going out to local election commissions. In Taidong County, a unique predicament has come up. There are five ballot boxes expected to see only one voter. To protect the secrecy of the vote for indigenous voters, there is a policy in place. If there is only one voter at a given location, we can transfer that voter to a nearby polling station in the same way that we would for polling station staff. In Taidong County, some polling stations serve just one voter belonging to mountain indigenous people groups or plains indigenous groups who must cast votes for indigenous constituencies in separate ballot boxes. 
But when there's just one ballot in the box, it becomes known to all who voted for who at the time of counting. After discussions with the affected voters, two of the five agreed to vote at another station. The remaining three decided to keep their station unchanged. Boxes of ballots are loaded onto the ship under the watchful eye of an armed police officer. The four boxes carry about 12,900 ballots in total, and they are bound for Orchid Island. For local election officials, it's a relief to see the ballots set sail. No matter what, we have to carry out this task because we're going to the polls on Saturday. So no matter what, the ballots had to be shipped over today. Northeasterly winds had suspended sea and air transport services to and from Orchid Island for several days. On Thursday, the weather finally cleared so that the ballots could be delivered. The ferry operator added an extra service to get the ballots to the island and to carry voters home for the election. The Industrial Technology Research Institute, or ITRI, is exhibiting its latest innovations at CES 2024 in Las Vegas. On opening day at CES, ITRI held two partnership ceremonies. It teamed up with LED display firm Excellence Optoelectronics to tap opportunities in the 3D entertainment market. It also joined forces with Light Matrix on a smart gold simulator. With support from the Department of Industrial Technology, ITRI has been pushing to develop immersive, interactive experiences. CES 2024 is underway. Taiwan's Industrial Technology Research Institute is in Las Vegas, showcasing an interactive experience that combines the virtual with the real. Face the camera for a 2D photo. Just 30 seconds later, the system can produce a 3D digital avatar. The hyper-realistic 3D interactive display is a collaboration between Etri and Excellence Optoelectronics Incorporated. Harnessing generative AI, it takes aim at the 3D entertainment market. And the fact that I was animated and that my mouth was moving, very cool. I can see a lot of applications for this. The American 3D display market alone is worth 413 billion US dollars. Having the opportunity to partner with eTree is very exciting for us, and we're looking forward to the future. Stand steady on the green and take a swing. AI 3D sensing will analyze the motion in real time as the smart system dynamically adjusts the terrain. eTree partnered with Light Matrix, which is invested in by Adata Technology, to tap into the sports tech market with this golf simulator. It was named a CES 2024 highlight by Forbes magazine. This experience seemed really good, really smart. The multiple camera setup and the ball tracking seemed really accurate. Our showcase this year is aligned with global tech trends. We're hoping to gather more market feedback here so that when our colleagues go back and continue their research, they can be even more focused on market demand. On opening day at CES, eTree held two partnership signing ceremonies. With its industry partners, it unveiled technologies like a 3D interactive display and state-of-the-art AI on the world stage. I think with the three parties together today, uh, we are looking forward to the future that penetrate the market in U.S., in Taiwan, as well as, well as global everywhere. We're continuing to see eTree continue to innovate. So really exciting to see Eitri back with us this year. This is Eitri's eighth time participating in CES, the world's most influential tech expo. 
eTree not only exhibited cutting-edge technology but also showcased Taiwan to the world. A Taiwanese supermarket chain has donated 5 million yen to support Japan's reconstruction after the deadly quake at Ishikawa Prefecture. The chain is also hosting a shopping event that spotlights Ishikawa. More than a hundred products are on offer at an average discount of 20% off. We pray that with everyone's blessings, Ishikawa can recover as quickly as possible. Taiwanese people are so very warm. We're very grateful to the people of Taiwan. Through the shopping event, the supermarket aims to support Ishikawa's economy. It's imported fresh local kamburi, a fish known for its rich fatty flavor. It's also brought in Japanese confectionery, gold leaf, rice, and lacquerware. Since the Ishikawa earthquake, there's been an outpouring of support to Japan from the Taiwanese public. According to the foreign ministry, private donations exceeded 250 million NT dollars between January 5th and 10th. Today, we take you to meet award-winning artist Xu Zheyu. In his latest exhibition, she shot three videos that dwelled into the lives of Mongolian wild horses, rabbits in an animal research facility, and street dogs in Kosovo. Through the exhibition, she hopes the, to explore the coexistence between humans and animals. FTV reporter Steffi Yang takes us in for a look. In this video, Shu captured videos of horses from Mongolia. On one side are Perzovalski horses, while on the other side are domestic horses. Domestic horses are taken care of by humans and serve as labor, transportation, and companionship. On the other side, there's a sanctuary where Perzovalski's horses live. They are constantly being tracked and numbered. I captured borders within Mongolia, the border of the wild horse sanctuary. Inside this border is the area where Mongolian wild horses breed. This area is about 500 square kilometres, and the wild horses are in completely free territory. Humans cannot interfere or try to protect them. But these wild horses will be numbered as soon as they are born. Wild horse breeders or scientists will observe them every day. The purpose is to record them as archives. It seems like they are free, but in reality, they live in a place that is very much like a fictional nature. In another video, Shu captured footage of a dead rabbit being manipulated by a puppeteer. The work was inspired by Shu's grandmother, who used to work in an animal research facility. Her job was to inject viruses into rabbits to develop swine fever vaccines. The inspiration for this work is my grandma. My grandma used to work in an animal laboratory. She worked there for over 30 years. One of her daily tasks was to kill rabbits and to inject viruses into the rabbits' bodies to make vaccines. For this work, we borrowed the body of a rabbit and then invited a puppeteer and our imagination to restore the rabbit's life. The last video showcases the lives of street dogs in Kosovo. During the late 1990s, 
due to the conflict in the Balkans. Many dogs were abandoned and left to roam the streets. Through the exhibition, Xu aims to bring to light ecological control in different places and animals and explore the coexistence between humans and animals. Once I travelled to Kosovo, I kept seeing the same group of stray dogs in their capital, Pristina. After talking with the locals, I learned the background of this group of stray dogs. It is related to their history. In the civil war in the late 1990s, there was a conflict between the Serbian troops and the Albanian insurgents. Because of the war, a large number of pets were left on the streets. They continued to breed. After the war, there was still a large number of stray dogs on the streets. This exhibition hopes to explore whether it is possible to think about the world from a perspective that is not necessarily entirely human-centred. Is it possible to rethink the world from the gap between humans and animals? His work won the Loop Barcelona Video Art Production Award. Now he will hold five exhibitions around the world. Uh, this is the second time that we have a Taiwanese artist that won. The five museums who are in the jury uh, all discuss together which artist will get the grant. And so what is so amazing about this grant and this jury is that it are five different institutions from different countries. They especially liked how he, on a very poetic way, works with video and how also uh, starting from daily things, something that like dogs and horses and about the house, father, family. So it's all, he starts from something that we all know very daily, something that is in our daily life. And he knows how to transgress this and bring it to another level so that we reflect really on this world in which we are living. Xu's solo exhibition, City Strays and Wild Horses, will be held at Mocha Studio in Taipei till February 4th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Wu Peijia in Taipei. Now we meet a woman who has taken an unusual career path. 28-year-old Zhang Junrou is one of the few women in Taiwan to train in air conditioning engineering. She was also the only student in her school cohort to gain a second-class certificate in the field. She retrained in engineering in order to support her family's business. She had been working in logistics and management but now she can take an active role in leading the engineering business. Air conditioning engineer Zhang Junro, aged just 28, dons her goggles and helmet for oxy-fuel welding. She's an expert at managing air conditioning facilities. Her university major was logistics management. But as her parents got on in age, Zhang started to think about taking on some of the work in the family aircon business. She threw herself into her new field, which is male-dominated. Her hard work won her first and second-class certificates in refrigeration and air conditioning engineering. I took the exams because I thought I would be looked down upon if I got into it without any practical experience. Of course, it's better for me to have some of the fundamental concepts. I also want to help my teachers and help my dad in the workplace. Zhang patiently explains her new knowledge of the equipment to her father, a model daughter. Her father is very proud of her and grateful to her teacher, Li Jufang, an engineer in the local branch of the Ministry of Labor. 
Zhang was the only woman in her class and the only student to gain a second-class certificate. My daughter was taught by Mr. Li. I feel extremely honored that she could get the certificate. We are all students of Mr. Li. All the employees of the family company have the certificate. At first, Junro's father told her to come and take the training. It was very easy for her to come and train and get the first and second class. At the end of her training, she went home to help the family continue to run the company. This is a success for our training. Having completed her training, Zhang is now her father's most trusted assistant. Her indomitable spirit is proving her more than capable of taking on the family business. A photo of Shi Chouling in Jilong has gone viral after its photographer noticed how the small hill resembled Mount Fuji. The exotic view of the hill can be spotted from Jilong's Yi'er Road. The photo made quite a buzz online, with many other photographers stepping up to try to capture a similar view. We are here on Jilong's Yi'er Road, looking towards Shi Ling. This is a scene that attracted viral attention. This photo was posted on a Facebook group called Jilongers Daily Life, with the comment, Taiwan has its own Mount Fuji. It does look very similar overall. I had never really noticed before, because I rarely look up at the landscape behind me. A photographer also offered tips on how to line up your own shot of the Mount Fuji of Jilong. It's important to observe the situation and see if you can step back at all. Because with something like this, you need space behind for the photographer to stand. Then you can step back with your camera and zoom into the landscape using this wide focus lens. The photo got more than 10,000 likes on Facebook, with comments suggesting no need to go abroad anymore, just go see Mount Fuji in Jilong. Many other photographers also took their chance to capture similar photos.